Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Dang it, Jamie. Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to the Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it. But I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. What is up, my amazing neurodivergent family? I hope that you are having a great week so far. I hope that the rest of your week from the last time I got to talk to you was just nothing short of incredible. Like I said at the beginning of last week's episode, I started a Patreon and for every single tier of the Patreon, every single is in both, you get a shout out on this show and I had a new supporter. You may remember him from a couple episodes before. He was the psychologist who left a wonderful, encouraging message that I played for you all. He joined the Patreon and that's Dob Snow. I really appreciate all of your support, your encouragement, your input. If you, dear listener, are interested in signing up for this Patreon, you will get bonus episodes. I put out at least two every single month. You get to listen to all of the past episodes. You get to see unedited videos from past guests who are on the show and future guests who are going to be on the show. Backstage looks of things. I don't know, my messy office. You also get show notes. It's something that I put out a couple days early for this episode today. I don't know. It's some good stuff. Check it out. See if you're interested. If not, this is always going to be free to you. Today, I want to talk to you about something that is and was a big struggle of mine. It was a struggle of mine in childhood. It was a struggle of mine in adulthood. It was a struggle of mine in work life. Every part of me. This was a struggle and it's about perfectionism and the need to feel perfect all the time. Those of us with ADHD, this is something that we suffer with often. An interesting find that emerged from a study of mindsets of clinic referred adults with ADHD was that perfectionism was the most frequently endorsed cognitive distortion. Perfectionism is typically associated with holding unrealistic performance standards that really result in frustration when we don't meet those standards. And at times, that is being self-defeating. Like if you are late with a school assignment or report for work because it's not yet, quote, just right. Such high standards may be based on some objective measure, such as a grade or a ranking or at least doing a little better than your rival. But subjective standards can be pernicious to one's sense of self and competence. I'm going to be honest. I've always been the type of person who says, if I can't be the best, I'm not going to do it. When I was in college, I could never simply just be proud that I had a full paid scholarship as a cheerleader. Nope, I had to be captain. That was just the way I did it. And if I couldn't be good at something, I wasn't going to do it at all, to be completely honest. Okay, so we need to understand that there are two types of perfectionism. The first one is front end and the second is back end. This is going to help us understand why perfectionism was so prominent for adults with ADHD. 
we're going to start with the back-end perfectionism. This can be viewed as having extremely high, rigid standards for quality, details, and or performance, akin to the classic definition of perfectionism, period. This outlook leads to difficulties completing and submitting projects because they're not impeccable. And often that's driven by a vague gut level sense that with just a little more time, this product could still be better. Assignments or projects become so tedious because every single little detail is seen as that one that if it's not done perfectly, it's going to ruin the whole thing. This outlook leads to missing deadlines. I mean, have you ever missed a deadline? I'm willing to bet yes, and I'm also willing to bet more than one. Okay, let's get back to it. We often miss deadlines because we can't just let go of this desire to put in more time and effort so far beyond what is required to produce a high quality product so that we can make it flawless or running out of time because trivial matters end up monopolizing time and effort and energy. You may or may not be aware of this, but in the world of nursing in the United States, you have the option to receive an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. They both take the same national exam that will license you as a registered nurse once you complete your courses. There are no difference in clinical abilities. There's no pay disparity. I originally went the ADN route, the associate's degree, and decided that eventually I would like to go to medical school. Obviously, that does require a bachelor's degree before applying. When I went back, to what they call a bridge program to get my bachelor's in nursing, I had to write boatloads of papers. I would get so focused on the smallest details and I would miss my deadlines all the time. In total transparency, I learned I wrote much better with a glass or two of wine because it would cause me not to care as deeply about the small details and my grades ended up higher on those papers. On the other hand, Back-end perfectionism also affects individuals who question whether their work meets a minimal acceptance standard. Thus, we worry about whether an assignment will earn even a passing grade or if the quality of a project will be viewed as competent. This can make an already challenging task seem desperate and agonizing. Front-end perfectionism on the other hand, seems to be more common variety in adult ADHD. The perfectionistic mindset manifests as rigid standards or preconditions that must be met in order to engage in a task in the first place. You know, like, if circumstances are right, then yeah, I can perform that task. So often, we will be putting off tasks because conditions just aren't good enough, somehow, like... I'm not in the mood, or I'm too tired. I got off to a late start. Wow, the library looks really full. There's definitely some truth to these concerns. Adults with ADHD are more prone to distractions and a myriad of dissuading factors that other people can easily ignore. However, front-end perfection runs the risk of being overgeneralized and prompting maladaptive escape and avoidance. I posted on Twitter the other day, um, quote, I had a lot of stuff to do today. Now I have a lot of stuff to do tomorrow, end quote. This is just so true every single day. I just want to be sure to point out 
This type of insufficiency mindsets observed in adults with ADHD, it doesn't reflect the ability for most tasks, but really it reflects the automatic reaction of, I know I can do this, but for some reason I don't trust that I can make myself do it right now, which makes us feel the need to escape in a weird way. Both styles are of perfectionism magnify and are magnified by the core features of ADHD and they interfere with seemingly straightforward to-do plans and big tasks. The interference typically results in procrastination and so much frustration in the lives of adults with ADHD. Those of us who have ADHD have good intent with a reasonable plan for a task, but yet it still doesn't get done. There's often shame for falling into the pit of procrastination yet again, and then we beat ourselves up for all of the lost opportunities for tackling the task when we look back on it. Of course, both foresight and hindsight are safe distance from the point of performance, which is the critical pivot point for coping with ADHD. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about 12 ways in which we can do better with procrastination. I mean, none of this makes us feel good about ourselves, right? The first thing that we have to do is figure out why we are procrastinating. Whenever you find yourself procrastinating on a task, take a step back and ask, why am I procrastinating on this particular task? If you know the underlying reason, then you can match it with the right solution. Is it because, I don't know, getting motivated is hard until things are urgent and the deadline is close? Uh, yes, that's most of the time for me. Is it because negative thoughts and feelings are getting in the way of doing the task? Is it because not knowing how to do the task makes it hard to get started? Or the task is tedious and boring? Or is the task one that seems large, complex, and just too overwhelming? Once you've figured out the reason, let's see if some of these suggestions can actually help. Now, step two, we need to break it down into small steps. If you have a large or complex task that's causing you to feel stuck or overwhelmed, break it down into smaller, doable parts. A large project can feel like climbing a mountain. However, when you chunk the project down into small steps, the mountain seems to shrink to the size of a small hill. And that helps you to work on it more efficiently and productively. Is your kitchen a disaster like mine always is? You look at the mound of dirty dishes in the sink. Items that are left on the counter, your counter is just dirty, period, and it needs to be wiped down, etc. Instead of looking at that huge mess that seems like it'll take weeks to do, and you secretly wish that you could just bulldoze the entire space and start over, just plan to put the dishes in the dishwasher and run it. Even if the dishwasher isn't full, pressing the start button will make you feel accomplished. Then, you are likely to continue to the next part and maybe wipe down the counter space next. Sometimes ADHD symptoms can make visualizing a project difficult. It could be hard to understand how all the pieces fit together. Sometimes asking a friend or someone you trust to help you think through and organize the steps really can be beneficial. 
just be careful to avoid the trap of becoming so focused on the details that you don't make any progress. Many adults with ADHD become so engrossed in the details of their planning that they never get to work on the project. Planning becomes a form of procrastination. My mom often says, I put more time into planning to do something than actually the project or task itself would take. She's not wrong. Okay, number three, set deadlines. We love deadlines <laughs> with ADHD because we're procrastinators. When you've broken the task down into small parts, create deadlines for completing each part. It's easier to be successful when you have various small short-term goals compared to that one large, big, long-term goal. It is less overwhelming and it's easier to stay motivated. Every time you complete a short-term goal, reward yourself with a treat. I know it sounds silly. Do it. Your mind and body will appreciate it. Creating these smaller goals also allows you to move away from the last-minute panics as a big deadline approaches. Number four, use positive social pressure. Having an accountability partner often provides the motivation to start a project and to keep you in action. Make a commitment to your partner, to your friend, to your coworker, and tell them your goals and your timeline. I personally use social media to do the same. If I tell the world I will do something, then I can't be a failure, what I perceive as a failure, and not do it when others ask or inquire about it. Even if they will never have the idea that I didn't complete it, just, just the thought that they could see that I didn't do what I said I was going to is often motivation enough for me to get that task completed. This gentle social pressure, it really can help propel you forward. Another option is to work on the task with another person. The social connection helps keep the project stimulating and engaging. I did an episode a few weeks ago about body doubles and why having someone around while completing a task helps our ADHD brains. Be sure to listen to it if you haven't already. Number five, make boring tasks appealing. A boring or tedious task does not stimulate the ADHD brain enough to make you want to take action. If this is the reason for your procrastination, ask yourself, how can I turn this boring task into something that's interesting? There are many ways to make a task more appealing. So I'm going to give you a few ways that you can do it. One, turn it into a competition with yourself. How many plates can you wash in five minutes? Use a kitchen timer to help. Number two, make it fun by playing music while you work. Or a great podcast. <clears throat> cough, cough. And this is the one that uh, I really hope you take away. Have a reward waiting for when you finished. Number six, rotate between two tasks. Try this. Try rotating between two tasks. This can keep your interest levels high and allow you to feel focused and motivated on both tasks. You can set a timer and spend equal time on each task if that's what you want to do. This is another way that you can make boring tasks far more appealing. I even do this when I'm painting. And that's a task that I love to do. Just the other day, I was painting two different scenes on wine bottles at the same time. I just wasn't feeling the first one, but I didn't want to give up on it. So I started a second that I would just alternate while I paint. 
and while the other one was drying. They both turned out beautiful. I even have my favorite one available to buy on my Etsy shop, Hope for Human Kindness, that has a gorgeous desert scene. If you like desert, go check it out. Number seven. I don't know if you're aware, but one of the talents of people with ADHD brains is that we love to create. And it is no different for yours truly. I actually happen to have an Etsy shop. The name is Hope for Human Kindness, where my creations are up for sale, whether it's art on canvas, art on wine bottles, handmade door hangers by myself and my mom together. Head on over and check it out and see if maybe, just maybe, you want to bring some of that beauty into your everyday life as well. And again, the Etsy shop is hope for human kindness and it's all one word. Now go check it out before you forget and then come back and finish listening to this podcast episode. Make a small time commitment. It can be hard to start a task if it seems big, especially if it seems like there is no end in sight. However, it is much easier to begin if you're only going to be working on it for, let's say, 10 minutes. Set your timer and work for 10 minutes. Then reevaluate and see how you feel. Sometimes those first 10 minutes of effort is really all that's needed to break through your feelings of resistance and you feel the drive to continue. If not, set your timer for another 10 minutes and continue the work in small time chunks. Number eight, limit distractions. Turn off your cell phone, email, Facebook, and anything else that distracts you from getting started. Also, be aware of internal distractions that can also have an effect on your ability to concentrate. When I study for the MCAT, I use this cool app that I found called Forest. The app is very simple, but you set a timer, and with that timer, you will not do anything on your phone. I do keep my Fitbit, this link to my phone, to read a text or to see who's calling in the chance that there's an emergency. But if you set the timer for, let's say, 20 minutes, you will grow an imaginary tree if you leave your phone unused for that amount of time. If you send a text message or check Twitter during that 20-minute timer, your tree dies. It's simple, but it is really nice having that accountability, even if it's just with an app. You might say to yourself, and when I say might, I mean... I'm sure you say to yourself, I'll do these other little things first and then I'll get to the important task later. However, it is often these other little things that contribute to the cycle of procrastination. So be careful. You feel very busy that you're accomplishing a lot, yet you're really avoiding the primary task that really needs to get done. So maybe start with one or two smaller tasks Get those hits of dopamine and then move on to the larger one that really needs your attention. Number nine, seek training when necessary. Are you avoiding a task because you don't know how to do it? For example, research has shown that while students often put off difficult courses out of anxiety, preparation was useful in reducing the fear and procrastination. So if this is the case, why not educate yourself? You might do this by enrolling in a formal training course, or you could do this in a more casual way, such as asking a friend to show you, or you have so many resources on the internet. So watch a video on the web to learn how to do it. When you know how to do something, the resistance 
melts away and it, it makes it so much easier to take action. Number 10, delegate to someone else. Sometimes it is empowering to develop a new skill yourself. Other times though, it is appropriate to delegate it to another person who already has those skills. For example, you don't have to learn how to fix your car. You can take it to a garage where there are trained mechanics. Do not feel that you have to do everything yourself. Number 11, replace negative thoughts. Our thoughts and feelings are so very powerful. When you talk to yourself in a positive and in a gentle way and remind yourself of the recent successes, it can be a lot easier for you to take action. When you're stuck in the negative mode, it can be hard to break out of that cycle of avoiding things. I do realize this is much easier said than done, but you deserve to have grace with yourself. It really is easy to forget that we aren't the only people who are human. All people on this planet are flawed. All people have struggles and difficulties, and that means that you are no different. Allow yourself to be flawed, but remember, the times that you have done great things and the victories along the way. If this is something that you struggle with, I want to also encourage you to make a list. You know, we love lists. <laughs> make a list of three things that you're grateful for every day. And let's add a little bit more. I also want you to add three things that you like about yourself each day. For example, I like the sound of my laugh when I listen back to my podcast for my editing. Weird, but I like it. It's going down in my notebook for today. What are the three things you like about you today? Was it a good hair day? Is your complexion awesome? Were you able to finish an assignment on time? And you don't have to limit yourself to three. Go crazy with it. Ultimately, if you think that negative thinking is a major contributor to your avoidance of tasks, you really may benefit more from cognitive behavioral therapy. We'll do a podcast about it in the future. Lastly, number 12, drum roll. <laughs> Just scared my dog. Connect with your doctor. Let your doctor know about your procrastination challenges. Um, medication, when appropriate, can be an important part of your ADHD treatment plan. Though medication will not prevent procrastination, it can help you focus and make getting started on task a little bit easier. I hope you found some great information to take away and some tips that you will actually use in the future to overcome the perfectionist mentality so that you can just get started or so that you can get finished in the task that you have at hand. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, I really hope that you share it with a friend, a family member, someone else that you think that would benefit from these tips as well, or just benefit from being understood and a way that you can get more people that's not just inside your family or your social circle is to be sure whatever listening platform that you listen to this on, like it, 
five stars and leave it a nice review so that other people, it'll get thrown into their streams and so that they can find this too and take away some things as well. And if you're on Instagram, be sure to check me out at the Neurodivergent Nurse. There's some little funny things that are put up every day. And also I have a TikTok, again, the Neurodivergent Nurse and a Twitter that I'm not super active on, um, but you can find me on there too. Time for us to end with a joke. What do a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? They're both parasites. Have a great week and I can't wait to talk to you again soon.